Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. DeVito, pop pass, end zone, touchdown, and the ball game! DeVito, in relief, wins it for the Orange! They don't know about the Kumbaya meetings we had this week. Swing and a miss! It is over! The Boston Red Sox, baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. The Bills make me want to Josh Allen, touchdown Buffalo. A 14-yard quarterback draw. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. And the celebration begins. This is on the block. Right, you know, there's validity in that opinion. Here's X-Men. Ah! Deep! ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, heard on 96.5 FM, heard wherever you are, whatever you're doing, wherever you're going, not very fast today in the sloshy slosh in the snow and the ice, early winter storm takes hold of central New York, not quite the snowpocalypse it was sold as, but... Hey, there's snow out there. You can watch the show, too. Oh, yes, a visual experience. Radio for your eyes, as Pauly Sibilia likes to call it. That's actually uh, one of the rare creative things that Pauly Sibilia has ever said. So uh, we'll give him a golf clap for that. Thank you, Pauly. That's, that's very good. Uh, Twitch. We are on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash slash Q Sports Talk. Oh, yeah. The visual experience of this radio program coming at you. How you doing? How's your Tuesday? Besides the freezing cold we are all experiencing here in mid-November. It does snow here in November. This is not a new thing, but still, when the biting sub-zero cold of what we're used to in mid-January as opposed to mid-November comes, it's a bit startling. But you know what warms my heart, warms your heart? The Mandalorian is streaming now on Disney+. Plus, and I was not paid to say that. I'm just happy to say that. I have I watched The Mandalorian. Do you people know me? I mean, come on. The question is not have I watched it, it's how many times I've watched it. No, just once. I watched it very early this morning. And uh, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say nothing until... You have all caught up on your own time. I do appreciate this, though. The Mandalorian cannot be binged. I appreciate that for two reasons. One, I kind of enjoy the old school experience, the absorbing of an episode of a show, anticipating the next show as opposed to just plowing through seven of them and absorbing all that. Uncle Brent's brain does just does not work that way. It's too much for me to take in. Second of all, it allows me to be a productive member of society because if I was allowed to binge that show, that's what I'd be doing right now. So thank you for that. I did have to come to work today. 437-7644, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 288-0644. We have one guest joining us today about an hour from now. Syracuse Athletic Director John Wildhack will join the show for our usual roundabout of chats. We talk to John every couple of weeks on the show, and we have a lot to catch up with John Wildhack about today. 
So we're looking forward to talking about football, basketball, success in fall sports. Big question that I challenged Syracuse on at the beginning of the season. Have they made progress on that? And so much more to come. Name, image, likeness is certainly in the news. What's the latest on the Dome and the facilities and all the hub of activity at Syracuse Athletics-wise? Always good to check in with the AD. We will do that an hour from now. Now, they used to be the Red Raiders, right? They're no longer the Red Raiders. They're just the Raiders. But if Paul Revere was still around, he'd be screaming through the streets of central New York, the Red Raiders are coming. The Red Raiders are coming. This is the most interesting, the most even, and dare I say, the best chance that Colgate has to beat Syracuse I can ever remember. It's going to be, at the very least, a very interesting game Tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. A game that I will argue to you later on this hour is bigger, more important, and every other word you can fit into that sentence than the Virginia game was a week ago. Hot takes to come, the blind side to come, and your phone calls, your texts, pardon me, and your participation on twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk. I do want to start with football, though we were not here yesterday. We had Crunch Hockey on the airwaves who took a Galaxy Cup matchup with the Comets by a score of 3-1. to one. Dino Babers did have his press conference yesterday, and as you can anticipate, was asked a lot about Brian Ward being fired as the defensive coordinator. This was our first opportunity to talk to Dino since that happened. The Duke game came up, some big picture stuff came up, but as we sit here, right here, right now, This is a team that mathematically still has a chance to make a bowl game. It realistically does not have a chance to make a bowl game, but weirder things have happened. This is a team coming out of a bye week, and they're playing what I would certainly put as the most, air quotes, winnable team left on the schedule. The degree of difficulty goes up in the next three games. Now, our friends in Vegas open Syracuse as a 12-point favorite. They have them sitting now after some movement and some money went heavy on one side at 10 and a half it could drop to 10 by kickoff on Saturday but to see that Syracuse is a double digit underdog even on the road to Duke is startling because it's not like you're going to a team that's won five in a row you're not going to a team that's at the upper echelon of the ACC you're not going to a Wake Forest I can see Syracuse being a 10 point underdog to Wake Forest, home or away, and they come to the Carrier Dome in a couple weeks without their best receiver, by the way, who was hurt and now out for the season. But that's where Syracuse has fallen this season. They're a 10-point dog to just an average ACC team. Duke is just there. Duke is just like, okay, hey, Duke. Like, Oh, is that the crossover game this year? There is nothing exciting about this game. Duke has lost three in a row. They have lost four of their last five. They've got some players that are fun to watch. Their quarterback is somebody, when he performs, is one of the best dual threats in the ACC, but has not been doing it lately. They don't really have a ton of standouts in terms of all ACC players, NFL talent. They're an average defense. They're in a, a below-average offense. As a matter of fact, They average 4.7 yards per play, whereas Syracuse averages 4.8. I know Duke is 
just below Syracuse, but hey, an offense in some ways that has struggled more than the Syracuse offense. They're a team that's just, they started off well. They started 3-1. and one. They scored 30 points or more in their first six games, but they've kind of free-falled from there. It's not to say it's a team that won't go out there and beat Syracuse Saturday because, well, that qualifies as pretty much anybody these days. We know how desperate Syracuse is to get a win, any win. And Coach Bavers talked about this Duke team yesterday. Well, I think the main thing is we need to talk about Duke University. Coach Cutcliffe does a fantastic job. I've been in... In the four years that I've been in the ACC meetings, I can humbly say that I think that that guy is the smartest guy in the room. And that's no, I'm not talking bad about any other coaches. It's just that when you have a conversation with David Cutcliffe, you understand the knowledge that flows through him. And uh, we have a very, very difficult task to be able to not only play well, but be able to try to get our defense to play well on on a guy like that that knows so much offensive football. Well, and that's just the thing, because... When you look at this team, I can look at the offense, you can look at the offense, and I can see why they have struggled. I still am trying to contemplate how a defense that has this kind of talent, and people have called and argued with me. My favorite conversation for one of our callers lately is when I brought up that Alton Robinson, Andre Sisco, and Kendall Coleman will all play in the National Football League. And the response from said caller, and I'm paraphrasing now, was basically like, yeah, but that's just those guys. I'm like, that's a lot to have three NFL players on your defense. You know, you realize that's, like, really good? That's, like, what high-level programs do? I mean, there's going to be, like, I think pretty much every player on the field in the Alabama-LSU game is going to play in the NFL, but they're the exception. You got three NFL players on your defense, it's pretty darn good. I look at the defense and I say, what, what's your deal? And I know there's been some injuries in the secondary and some things that we can discuss and have been discussing, frankly. But, see, this is the thing. This is what worries me about this game. Because David Cutcliffe is a smart coach. And we'll look at the Syracuse defense. Look what Boston College did with the most basic of game plans, as admitted by Steve Adazio after that game. Now, it kind of ran the same play 30 times. Now, the difference is Duke does not have an electric talent like A.J. Dillon. They don't even have a talent like David Bailey. They can run the ball. Quentin Harris can be a dual-threat quarterback, but like I said, and if you kind of look at the Duke coverage and read some of their beat reporters and some people that cover the team, they'll tell you he just hasn't played well lately. One would think there's an opportunity there. But when you've got a defense in transition, when you've got a defense with a new head coach who Dino said yesterday has a clean slate and is basically auditioning for the job right and you have a defense that is looking for something different, needs to see a change, as Dino mentioned yesterday. I just need to see something different. And uh, I just thought we weren't moving in the direction that I thought that we should be moving in based off of what the the last thing that I saw. It wasn't one thing. It was a a lot of things, which I'm not going to go into, because unlike other professions, when something like this happens, it's really extremely personal. You're talking about someone that has been a part of our family for a long time and his family, his daughters, his son, and his wife has been a part of our family for a long time. And they're still in this community. So even though something like that happened, which is unfortunate, uh, we expect to see, I expect to see if it's going to be different and see if we can make it different, knowing that that change was very difficult. It's hard to do nine games into the season to make a change, to spark a team that's been flat, to get over that, you can tell how personal it was 
for Dino to do that, and they had a bye week to kind of absorb that, turn the page, and move on. But that is the harsh, cutthroat world of big-time professional and collegiate sports, in this case, collegiate sports, that that can happen. So does Steve Stenard step in, simplify it, look at what you do best for the next three games, this is how we're going to do it. That is a wounded duck over there in that Duke offense. It's nowhere what even Boston College is. Yet, common logic does not apply to this team. It just hasn't all year. When you look at matchups, when you look at talent, when you look at momentum, nothing that we know as what you would call common sense has applied with this team. So, with that being said, they're probably going to win. Right, because the thought is that they're down and they're out and they're making changes and they're going to go three and nine and the world's coming to an end. If you want to go with the Costanza opposite theory, that probably means they're going to find a way to win this game on Saturday. But what Dino said there is what concerns me. Cutcliffe is a smart coach, can look across at a defense, take what he has, and MacGyver it and get a win. Vegas looks at it and sees Syracuse opening as a 12-point dog. And remember, Vegas does this not only because they're good at what they do, but because you're money. But there's just a lot of things adding up that don't make sense, which means that they're probably going to win this game, right? And just for another week, kind of drag along the, the mathematical possibility that they could make a bowl game. There is a chance at 5-7 and seven they could do it, but that's not a plan that you want to initiate. That's not even the break glass in case of emergency plan. That's the hidden plan nobody knew about kind of thing. And it's not even one you want to bring into the discussion because that's just not what Syracuse can lean on. Dino was uh, asked yesterday as well what the message was to the team about the firing about moving on, and again, looking for that spark, something different. The message I delivered was the truth. And uh, I think as long as you're dealing with the family and you're telling them the truth and, and there's no gray about how you present it, I think that they can, under, they can understand what you're saying. It doesn't mean they necessarily agree with what you're saying, but they do understand where you're coming from. Is there a certain style of defense that he's looking for? I'm open to all things. When, you, when you've been around long enough, I've seen a lot of offenses, I've seen a lot of defenses, and all of them are effective as long as your personnel and everybody can uh, do and understand what you're trying to do. So I don't think there's one defense of style that's better than another defense of style. I think there's defensive styles that fit defensive players, and if you have those players, you need to make sure you're running certain styles. If that, I think that made sense the way I said it. It's all based off of who you have and what you're trying to do and whether you can continuously go and get those people so that you can be consistent in your recruiting and not inconsistent. A lot of things in flux here, a lot of things we're unsure of, and they to it's now accepted that they will go three and nine after ten and three. Like people have just put that in their head. The fight for relevance is on for this football team. And I, I wrote a column about this and I want to discuss it a little bit more later in the program. And I spent all day yesterday reading about how I was either too much of a homer for Syracuse or I was too harsh on Syracuse. You should see the email I put on Twitter that I got, which tells me I'm doing my job, by the way. Frankly, if I'm getting even responses from both sides. Does Dino have a miracle left in him? That was the point of my column yesterday. 
that fans are looking for that faith. They're looking for a reason to believe in you. They're looking for a reason to not flee and put their full attention on basketball and other things. Just a year after they came running back like a a long-lost love. What you don't want that to be is the alternate reality. What you don't want 2018 to become is like that scene from Back to the Future 2 when Marty and Doc Brown went to that alternate reality run by Biff. Okay, You don't want last year to be the one-off. You've got to give us something here in the last three games to indicate that it wasn't. 437-7644, 437-7644, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 2880644. We will certainly discuss that more later. As mentioned, though, if they were still the Red Raiders, Paul Revere would be roaming the streets of Sy- a bitterly cold Syracuse, New York today, saying the Red Raiders are coming. They're merely the Raiders. They are still coming. And I think this is a bigger game than Virginia, a more important game than Virginia. And dare I say, Colgate's best chance for victory. We have been pounding the table the past couple days telling you about this matchup, and that's not hyperbole. Like, Colgate's good. They'll be ready for this game. But there's a certain advantage that Syracuse has to lean on heavily tomorrow, heavily, if they are going to quash the upset talk. A man who will be rooting on said upset. He loves his orange, but he loves his Raiders, too. Lee Baldwin joining us now on the block ESP Radio for a stock market update. How are you, sir? I'm great. It's like Christmas Eve around here. I can't wait. So. <laughs> Listen, the more I look at this Colgate team, I just I I'm, I might have to make the trip down there, sit in the Lee Baldwin seats, and watch a game. They're a fun team. They can shoot. They've got everybody back. Like I'll see what they do to Syracuse tomorrow. But tomorrow should not be the only day we watch this squad. Lee, they're looking pretty good. They're fun to watch. They gave Clemson a good run the other day, right? So I think they were down three with five minutes to go, or five with three to go. Definitely so. gave them a good run. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I can't wait. And I will be at that game. We haven't done well in 52 years, so I think we are due. So. <laughs> <laughs> but who's counting? So, uh, How do we do on the market today? Market. This was a strange day. It was a, really? a Bluto, Blutarski day. 0.0. 0. Come the on. Dow, yeah. Wow. 0. 0. Just doesn't happen 0. that much. 0.0. I was going to say, how often does that happen? <laughs> I, I can't remember, and I've been doing this for 80 years, so I have no idea. So uh, Nothing 0.0. happened on the market today. <laughs> Everybody was trying to log on to Disney Plus, apparently. <laughs> I guess that was it. So um, <laughs> that's my report for you. Uh, I'm not even giving you a diamond or dog. My diamond will be tomorrow night around 10 o'clock. So. Oh, call it a shot <laughs> right there. Lee, that is amazing. I've never heard of this. Yeah. Like you said, this this is Bluto. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Well, we'll see you at the Dome tomorrow, Lee. It's going to be a great game, and I'm looking forward to it. You got it, Brent. Thanks. Thank you, sir. Lee Baldwin, delivering nothing. I've never heard of that. That's amazing. A 0.0 day on the market. Did you hit Control-Alt-Delete on that? Like, what, what happened? Everybody... Like I said, everybody trying to watch Disney Plus today? Like, oh, yeah, I'll get to work later. <laughs> it's incredible. All right, I, I mentioned it to Lee. I mentioned it to you, and I will mention it on the other side about how important this game is. But there's one thing that Syracuse has a big advantage in this game, and they got to lean on it heavily. We'll discuss it next. Stay right there. 
This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back. So glad to have you here on the block ESPN Radio and at twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk. And speaking of our live stream on Twitch, where you can see the program, it's radio for your eyes. We're about to discuss the Syracuse Colgate game coming up at the Dome tomorrow night. Biggest Colgate game I can remember. If you follow Q Sports Talk on Twitch between now and the end of the show, so you have until 6 o'clock, you will be registered to win four tickets to that Colgate game. Just by registering, becoming a new follower of ours, Q Sports Talk is on Twitch. So it's twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. You become a follower of our Twitch channel, and you could win four tickets to the Colgate game tomorrow. You're welcome. There you go. Listen, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna spend the next few minutes telling you why Colgate can win this game, but I think we all know that if I just came up to you, if you awoke from a coma, and I said, "Welcome back. It's good to see you, Brent. Brent, what has happened in the world since I have gone into this coma?" And I, if I looked at you, amongst many other things <laughs> that I could tell you in the past five years, like, hey, remember that guy that hosted The Apprentice? But well, he's the president now and, you know, many other things, right? I mean, yay, democracy. That would be a shock to the system. But if I led with, well, Syracuse lost to Colgate, I think you would go right back into that coma. Syracuse has not lost to Colgate since 1962. That's 57 years. They've won 53 straight against Colgate. Colgate is just that, yep, put it on the schedule, easy bankable win for the Orange. There's that run of local teams that come through that used to fit that category, but then Buffalo beat Syracuse, and you know non-conference games have become tougher. The schedule gets tighter. There's more ACC games now, so you have to be more selective about which non-conference teams you play. And once in a while, a Colgate or a Cornell will lead at halftime or be down by two at halftime and will give Syracuse a little bit of a push, and then the second half will come and they'll truck them by 25 points and all as well, right? Folks, I'm here to tell you, and a lot of you listening to this know, but for those that don't, Colgate's legit. Colgate, if you'll recall, went to the NCAA tournament last year and lost to Tennessee by seven, a three-seed. So Colgate was a 14-seed Lost to the three-seed Tennessee in a game where Jordan Burns, still on the team, scored 32 points and could not be shut down. Mostly from three-point range, where he had eight three-pointers in that game with defenders in his face, defenders not in his face, pulling up before Tennessee could even register the word defense in their brain. Will Raymond is back on this team. Evan Auskis is back on this team. Now, he, you'll, you may remember this, had the problem with the contact lens in the game, had to leave the game, and it was a whole thing and just wasn't himself, and it's a big inside presence. They've got a transfer in Nellie Cummings from Bowling Green who was pairing with Burns in that backcourt. They're favored to win the Patriot League. I can give you more names. Jack Ferguson shooting 1% from three-point range. Tucker Richardson, who was the rookie of the year in the Patriot League. They've got four of their five starters back from that NCAA tournament team. Top five scorers back 
from that NCAA tournament team. 80% of their scoring overall. I mean, I could just pile you with numbers here. The most important thing about Colgate is experience. They know who they are, they're confident, and they know how to play. They know how to attack the zone. They've got the weapons to beat the zone. And a Syracuse team that is still licking its wounds a bit from a week ago, they do have a week in between games, that's not quite sure of themselves. There is certainly a lot of talent there, but they're not quite sure who they are. Facing a team who knows exactly who they are, that has experience, has no fear of this team, and is good. I mean, if if I just describe, because this is what I'm trying to get across here, we just have a bias here. That's Colgate. Come on. Colgate. Beat that team every year. Beat them every year since JFK was president. And you'd be right to say so. You got to get that out of your head. If I named this any other team, if I just gave you everything I said and called them Buffalo or called them, remember, Old Dominion beat Syracuse in non-conference play last year. I feel like people would take this game more seriously. And again, there's a lot of you that are. If you follow these things, you remember the tournament, you follow local basketball, you know and you're aware and you're taking it seriously. Here's the problem with all this. I have just laid out that this is a good basketball team, that you have to forget what you know about Colgate and look at this team right here, right now. If Syracuse loses to Colgate, let's just live in that fantasy land for a second here. If Syracuse loses to Colgate, remember the guy in the coma, how's that going to go? How's that going to register with people? You can scream from the rooftops all you want about how good Colgate is, what their current personnel is, that will not be accepted. It's just not a team you can lose to. With all due respect to Colgate, right? I feel like I've got to throw that in there. With all due respect, it's not going to go well. No matter how much I or Jim Beheim or anybody associated with Syracuse basketball or anybody from any way sits you down and says, now listen, I know it's Colgate. They haven't lost to Colgate since 1962. What are you talking about? I understand that, but this is 2019, and this is a team. I can't believe it's going on. They beat Colgate like 40 points a couple years ago. Okay, I understand that, but do you need some water? Can we we take a deep breath here? Okay, so this team that Syracuse has faced, they were 7-23 a couple years ago. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you know, like Thanksgiving's coming, and you've just got that crazy uncle that comes to Thanksgiving every year, and no matter what you tell him, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm not going to get into a politics discussion, but there are some people that no matter what you tell them about what side of the political aisle they're on, it doesn't matter. They've chosen their team, they're embedded there, and they're going to stay there. That's if Syracuse loses to Colgate. It does not matter how good this Colgate team is, and they're legit. That's not going to go well. All streaks are meant to be ended, and that's a pretty darn impressive one through the years. And this would be the most legit win that Colgate could have over Syracuse. It wouldn't be a fluke. This would just be an earned victory, exposing matchups, senior team, good three-pointers, Evanowskis inside. But see, to me, that's the key. As Syracuse in Game 2 still trying to figure out who they are, they have got to pound the ball inside. 
This is a game where Quincy Garrier has got to come alive. It's only game two. I know he's a young player, but he has got a decided advantage in there. This is where Barama Sidibe has got to rebound, has got to be sure of himself, has got to attack the basket when he gets the opportunity. I'd like to see Jesse Edwards get into this game a little bit. I'd like to see Robert Braswell be used in this game. Last week, Virginia, Bayheim sticking to his guns, only play eight or nine guys in those big games. Well, this is a big game, so I wonder if that eight or nine rotation qualifies here. Because this is a good team, and it's a big game. So some of those things I just mentioned probably won't happen at the rate maybe you'd like them to. And, by the way, that's not to say that if Jalen Carey would like to have a good game, or Joe Girard shooting the ball, or Buddy Beheim gets back on track shooting three, certainly Elijah Hughes, who scored 14 against Virginia, but shot 4 of 14. All those are welcome. I mean, that might just be as simple as that, and that's how Syracuse wins. That three out of those... Four guys I mentioned are, hey, let's have a a wild thought, and all four of them play well. And they just run Colgate out of the gym. Syracuse is the bigger team, the stronger team, the faster team, the more athletic team. Again, Colgate's got players. This is still a game Syracuse should win. But I'm just trying to lay the groundwork here. Do not walk out of that building stunned if Syracuse loses this game tomorrow. I know that's not an acceptable answer. I know that Crazy Uncle Joe won't take that as an acceptable response. But Colgate's legit. So I have just spent the last nine minutes playing Paul Revere here. I know they're not the Red Raiders anymore, but the Raiders are coming, and the Raiders are good. And I like that. I like that this is an interesting game. I like that this is, to use the hottest fire makes the strongest deal approach, another challenge for Syracuse. You go from a Virginia team who, as Bayheim and many others have said, it's just a unique style of defense. It's a conference opponent that knows you well. You almost write that off as a loss. You do. I mean, just that's just Virginia. They just don't match up with that team, particularly in game one. Colgate has a lot of advantages that they usually do not have. Colgate will have no fear of Syracuse. They're more experienced. It has some basketball advantages, but it's still a team you should beat. And again, if Syracuse starts 0-2, just living in fantasy land for a second here, and Colgate's one of those losses, we all know how that's going to go. The good news there would be you got a long way to go. The bad news would be you lost to Colgate. And you'd never hear the end of that. That's like you lost to LeMoyne. It was an exhibition game, but you still lost to LeMoyne. Like, they'll never hear the end of that, no matter how many times they destroy LeMoyne from here on out. 437-7644, Brent Dax Media on Twitter. The text line, 288-0644. We will break on that note. We will come back, do some hot takes. Memphis is back on the court tonight, which is come must-see TV these days due to the standoff they're having with the NCAA, plus another adventure in the ineptness of the New York Knickerbockers. Stay right there.